Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. Mm. Yeah, I I made some I I made some stunning coffee today. Wow, tell me about it. Well, coffee around here has been kind of kind of not that good lately. I've just been sort of just phoning it in. You haven't been doing as much public speaking and appearances. No, I haven't. Uh, no, not by, as much. By which I just mean you haven't been getting gift bags with free coffee in it, right? Mm. Yeah, but I've I've lately I've gone ahead and just bought coffee. Oh. Uh, it's a little yeah, I know it's a it's a hurt. It's but, life at life hack. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but I haven't just been, you know, like I use a coffee pot. I don't I, there's nothing fancy about me. I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm better than you. Mm. But I've just not even been using the coffee pot very very well. I've just been sort of pouring some coffee in and getting you have, out of the way. Uh, do you have a Mr. Coffee style drip coffee maker? That's right. Mm-hmm. How much do you make when you make coffee? I always make an entire pot. Is that out of convenience for knowing the measurements, or is that like an aspirational pot? Uh, I figure. Well, it's it's partly make all the bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got to write an ebook at some point, don't you think? <laughs> you know, make all the bacon, man. I always make all the bacon. Make all the coffee. Oh, make all the bacon. Two, I'll save these two strips for that day that's definitely coming in the next day or two, where I want to make well, exactly two strips of bacon. <laughs> Yeah, or like, uh, uh, sometimes people will stay over at the house, and I'll come downstairs in the morning, and they will have made enough coffee for us both. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? You don't know what's going to happen the rest of this day. What if the power goes out? Exactly. What the fuck? Enough coffee. It's it's another version of packing a small bag, which will definitely be in our ebook. Or like, you know, for me, I know you're a fan of noodles. You you know, you got me, I used to be a, whenever I'd make steak, I would often make rice. I still sometimes make rice. You mm-hmm. got me into, I remember one day I said, hey, we're making steaks. And you were like, yay, steaks. And I made steaks. And I, I served the steaks with some, uh, probably some wild rice. And you said, no noodles? <laughs> and I said, no, John, no noodles. And, but, uh, you know, I, you, and then you explained to me <laughs> how important it was that you have noodles with steak. I got to tell yeah. you, I have come around. Egg noodles. Uh, with steak, mm-hmm. a delight. The fatter the egg noodle, the wider the egg noodle, the better the steak is what oh, I, I say. I, I get them wide. I get them wide. But here's the thing. Sometimes I'll think, because, you know, I got a kid. She eats a lot of uh, pasta products. And I'll, yeah. I'll go, tuk, 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 and I'll put some noodles in there. Here, here's the amount of noodles to make. If you've got a bag, a regular grocery store bag of noodles, you either make hardly any or all of them. Because yep. nobody wants a quarter of a bag of egg noodles. That will <laughs> no, never come not. in handy. Oh, let me put a rubber band. Let me let me spend the 25 cents on the Ziploc bag for this. <laughs> make all the noodles. Mm-hmm. Make all the bacon. Pennies. Make, talking about pennies. Yeah. Make all. Make an entire pot of coffee every every time you make coffee. Make an entire pot and leave it either sitting on the counter until it's done. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going away on a trip for more than three days, go ahead and put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like make like make all the like a you know my daughter's mother does a thing where she will make some food, serve it, and then keep some in reserve, which I think is great. Always keep a little bit in reserve. Always keep you know two cups back in the pot. Mm. I mean, of the produced product or of the source material? Of the produced product. Give me, give me an example. Because, well, what you're what you're thinking about in this context is 
seconds or leftovers. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you get to the point in the meal where you're like, I couldn't eat another bite, then you've got a super nice little lunchy sized leftover. Throwing a throwing your um, throwing your snap top refrigerator glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not enough for like a big meal, but when you're when you're poking around the fridge. At one o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, Ugh, all I want is an apple, really. But then you're like, oh, look at this. Uh-huh. Little, cup, little couple cups of this uh, good stuff. Or you get done and you're like, Ugh, I just want some more. And then you go, oh, right, uh-huh. I've got two more cups. Because you kept some in reserve. You kept some in reserve. So there's that. I'll toss one out on this one, stew. Ugh, stew. You can always use a little more stew. Well, and you can always throw anything in stew. Mm-hmm. I, that's routine- why that's called stew. <laughs> Routinely, I make stew, which is just all the stuff that I don't want and wouldn't eat otherwise. Kind of uh, Pacific Northwestern goulash. A little bit of goulash. As what you it said, is, John, is it... every culture has a goulash. They do, and it's one of the it's one of the the words that everyone understands. Even if you go to Outer Mongolia, you're going to find you're going to say goulash, and they're going to go, "Oh yeah, goulash archipelago." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we uh, think. Mm. Uh, uh, goulash always, at, at least around here, has uh, one freezer-burned chicken breast in it. Mm. Uh, it might have even one piece of fish that I don't remember how it came here, and I don't know how to cook. Oh, uh, it'll have. <laughs> you still got the fish? You still <laughs> have. You still have your aspirational fish? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> that never survives my freezer cleanouts. My my sanity-saving I... freezer cleanouts that I occasionally do. Who? bought tilapia no one has ever wanted tilapia and it's a trader joe's package so the portion is very modest it's way too much for one person who doesn't care that much for tilapia and it's 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 not even nearly enough for three people who are not into tilapia it's there's no good amount of tilapia you throw it away you know tilapia is the only fish that can survive in the salton sea i did not know that Salton Sea has become so polluted with the chemical runoff and just like pure heavy metals that rise up from the bottom of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it killed everything. If you go to the Salton Sea, the banks of the sea, which is an enormous sea still, are, I mean, the beaches are made out of dead and decaying fish. It's Oh my God. These photos are horrible. Truly apocalyptic. Oh, this is very upsetting. Yeah, you can't go <gasps> anywhere. Around this enormous sea that you can barely see across to the other side without, like, crunching on a thousand years worth of dead fish. But, apparently, Mm. tilapia thrive in that environment, and there are billions of them in there. Good for them. Yeah, right? It it caused me to have new respect for tilapia, a fish, (laughs) I might add, I had never heard of until 12 years ago. It's one of those garbage foods that comes along every few years, and they say, well, our special today is going to be the uh, hand-caught tilapia. (laughs) Suddenly, tilapia is everywhere. My sense of it was that after the fishing collapsed off the Grand Banks... After we had absolutely overfished to the point that the fish stock could no longer survive, that we had caught so many fish they couldn't breed with each other anymore, and the fish went away in the North Atlantic, where formerly we had gotten all of our fish. You get your your cod up there, right? You get your cod, you get your other fish that you don't think about that much until somebody names them and you're like, oh yeah, that's a fish. That's definitely a fish. All those fish up there, and the big, big, big fish, the fish that have lived 600 years and, and... and can like uh, 
use just a tiny little punching motion to break their way out of a coffin, those fish, smart fish, mm-hmm. all gone. And then all of a sudden, mm. tilapia, a garbage fish that can live in a polluted desert lake, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly that's on all the menus, and suddenly you can buy that by the bag. And I'm like, hmm, where are all these tilapia coming from? I literally never heard of this fish. This is uh, this is a very quick derail here, but but y- do you enjoy fish? Like if somebody makes it for you, somebody makes me a fish, I will love it. I think what I you should. I think I think you're the thin end of this wedge for you, and I don't want to make work for you, as you know. I think what you do is you go somewhere real nice. I hear they have fresh fish in Seattle. This is something that I've heard, <laughs> do. and I don't I don't know if you get this, but I think you should get something like a uh, what's the fancy one I like. Uh, not haddock, but uh, uh, oh, I just had the name in my head. What's the one? grouper? If you get a, get a grouper or similar, get a real meaty, heavy fish, fresh as possible, and come home and prepare that with some butter. I think that's going to remind you that fish can be good. So I did the other day. So I did buy an aspirational bag of Trader Joe's tilapia fillets. Oh my god! No and one has was, ever eaten any of those. It's as big as a sack of flour. Oh and god! I, every time I open the refrigerator, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> It's like it's like putting a bill on the fridge that you know you should pay. Yeah, well, it, it ah, should say. It should I still say, have three days. <laughs> aspirational bag of tilapia. Also, you should join a gym. Oh right, like, it's like, like back in the seventies, you put a pig on your refrigerator to remind you on your diet. Yeah, right. And <laughs> no one it, likes you, asshole. It's just like open the fridge and it's just an alarm of all the things the that I haven't done. The fridge is there to serve you, and you put something in there. You know, it's just going to make you feel bad. So I said. Self, hmm? let's go. Let's go, big shot. This is easy to buy. And let's get, you know, let's jump in here. So I took out what I thought was a reasonable amount of these tilapias. Uh, question Are, Were they in a like a block or were they, they flash frozen such that you could pull one out like with a chicken breast? Flash frozen like a chicken breast. Nice. And I think I threw four of them. They're pretty into, small. Yeah, they're small. I threw them into a pan with some oil or butter. I don't remember which. Threw mm-hmm, some salt mm-hmm. and pepper on them. Uh, cooked them until they appeared to be done-ish. So, uh, and uh, I ate them hmm. uh, with some rice. Mm-hmm. Rice, eh? Hmm. And, uh, and I was like, not bad. Not good, not bad. Yeah. So the next time I made a Zotterains mm. rice in a box, New Orleans style. You make you make the rice in a box? M- MSG pile. I'm a huge fan. Of the Zotterains? Oh, brother. I don't want they're to cut really, you off. I got a whole methodology with this mandui okay. sausage, buddy. Ooh. They're really good. I guarantee. Good. Oh, I'm, I'm very happy to hear this. I thought I was, I have been, our mutual friend John Syracuse has made fun of me because I eat a lot of Zatarain's rice with things in it. No, no, no. They're great. And and it's another way to make stew, right? You can just throw anything into a Zatarain's or mm-hmm. Zatarain's, as you say. You know what's great in there? Can I just give you a quick tip? If you got them, I don't know if you got them. I, 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 I live in a house with people. So we have cherry tomatoes sometimes or those little baby I, tomatoes. No. You put in a I bunch of those on top. I don't have those, no. Do you like that? Uh, no. But I do, oh, wait a minute, but one time I did have a can, a mysterious can of cherry tomatoes. A can of cherry tomatoes? A thing I never would have purchased in my life. I have no idea. Paul Saborn brought it here, so I have no idea how it got oh, in my typical. house. Typical. 
uh, and I did put it into a Zatarain's. It adds the missing nice. aspect. Because the thing is, nice. you make your Zatarain's, and when it comes out, you you know, a little bit of salt can be nice. I like to put a little crystal sauce in when it's cooking. I'm just here yep. to tell you, once you, I, 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 that I've, is. I've actually done an entire podcast about this, so I'm going to keep this short. But when it's done, when it's at the boiling point, Right before you turn down the heat on your Zatarans, that's when you throw in a handful and a half of cherry tomatoes. And even if you don't like tomatoes, you're going to discover this adds the X factor. You didn't yeah. know that it, it even okay. suggested right on the box as, as a serving okay. suggestion. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it now because they get they, they mush down. Oh, they sure do. They, they, they yeah. break up. It's, I, I, I think it adds the, the it's one of the rare, terrible foods that my wife and I both like to have once a week. Okay, well, here's life hack number 70,000. Mm. Throw a couple of tilapias. Tilapia and the Zatarans. Yeah. And they just... Go, uh, you're they, just talking about leftovers here. No, I'm saying go into your freezer bag uh, of let it, let Trader it do Joe's its tilapias. Let on the tilapia. And then the tilapia goes in, and then it gets, you know, it, it becomes... It's not... It doesn't disappear. It's not like tuna. Mm-hmm. It chunks up, and then you've got what is almost, let's call it a, uh, a like a fish stew or a mm-hmm. coscopia or yeah. a, oh, I know what you, you mean. It, a cap- well, not capicola. What's it called? I know what you're talking about. Chipino, 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 chipino. You know, you'll and go in there, maybe grab a handful of those little frozen shrimps too. Oh, and then you put some shrimps and you put you know what life hack seventy thousand and fifty. You know, you throw them in when they're frozen, they're gonna cook. They're going to cook right up. And, and they're then, not going to overcook and get all rubbery like, like a shrimp will do. Who is the fucking sophisticate now? Oh, you are. You're, you're, you're Johnny Chipino. You're Mr. Making Fish Stew at home. <laughs> How many other people are doing that that you know right now? How many people right now are making fish stew at home? Not many. They're out there making apps. They're making apps or they're making, they're making uh, deluxe hamburgers, you know, mm-hmm. like super hamburgers. Mm-hmm, I, went, mm-hmm. I went to a, a, a beach party yesterday and... Um, and uh, the uh, the cook at the barbecue was making hamburgers with chopped onions in the burger, mm-hmm. scrunched in the burger. I've done that. Oh, yeah, I saute them first. You saute the onions first and then put them I in the burger. saute the onions in butter first so they're real soft. And you cut them small enough so your daughter can't see them. And then they're in the burger and they provide flavor without objection. Uh-huh. Flavor without objection. Let me ask you this about the burger. Was it... This is a leading question, so for, I'll forgive the witness for considering this hostile. Is, was it a normal-sized human burger, or is it one of those abominations that's deliberately made way too big because men? I would put this burger right in the sweet spot between those two sizes. That's a good spot. <clears throat> when I walked over to the barbecue, I was like, mmm, nice big fat burgers. But I didn't say, ugh. Yeah. asshole and then right. when it went on the bun it was like right right if you, if you the... grow goatee you'll make those burgers whether you want to or not you won't even notice yeah. it'll be like westworld you'll be like, i can't see anything your burgers yeah. are too big you're not impressing anybody they're burned on the outside they're raw in the middle and they're too big to put into a human mouth yeah no i don't I, I wouldn't support that and my friend who is throwing this party is not he's not that kind of guy although he did introduce me to the yeti bag Looking You're familiar up. with the Yeti bag? I know the Yeti microphone. I don't know the Yeti bag. Yeti bag is uh, apparently something I was oh, not. Oh, I've heard about this. It's very yeah. high end, right? I was zero aware of it yesterday, and then I became 100% aware of it. Somebody mentioned this day. on a camping trip, and I sat in the tent on my phone looking at these for an hour. These are so cool. Well, so at this beach party, it's, uh, you know, this is a beach party that's behind a door, mm. right? So. Hmm. 
so it's not you know it's not exactly like it's not the one percent but it's not the 99 percent either it's somewhere mm. in that, somewhere in the 10 percent range mm-hmm. and uh 10 <laughs> somewhere in that 10 to 12 percent yeah. area uh where uh where people can have a beach that is behind a door mm. and my friend told this story about like I ordered this yeah, I ordered this Yeti bag online because it was you know f- like fifty dollars cheaper than because they're expensive mm-hmm. fifty dollars cheaper than they would be elsewhere and I was like that's why you get things online and he said but I feel like it just came from some like post office box in Alabama I feel like these things got got heisted from a from a Cabela's somewhere. You got to watch that on the Amazon. You got to watch because sometimes you'll get, you get stuff. It's, you get like a used cooler or like a, a aftermarket eBay style cooler. Well, and so he's, he, I mean, these were new, right? Mm. It, but it, but it definitely felt like somebody in the middle of nowhere, just sending these things out. These that, feels, are that feels like things. shenanigans. Yeah. A little shenanigan, but the thing arrived and my friend, apparently the trick about a Yeti bag is when you zip it, you zip it. And then at the end, you have to kind of, Yank it. You mm. gotta pop it. Mm. That locks it in. It locks it in. It mm. locks in the flavor. It locks in the cold. Uh, you throw some dry ice in there, and you can be making ice cream in this thing. Just put it in the back seat of the car. Drive over the mountains. You made ice cream. It's so cold in there. And uh, he didn't know. He, my friend did not read the instructions, even though he, I think, maybe even looked at a YouTube video. And everybody said you gotta yank it there at the end. He mm-hmm. did, and he said to this guy. Uh, this thing, you sent me a defective bag, it's broken. Mm-hmm. And the guy in Alabama, miraculously or very responsibly, uh, sent another bag. And my friend sent his bag back. Mm-hmm. The second bag arrived. It had the same problem. Then my friend studied. It, it, it felt to him like the zipper was stuck. The zipper was, it was, uh, what it is, is the, when you look at the zipper, it looks like it's misaligned. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the secret sauce. That's oh, how. Oh, I see. That's the secret. That's how it clicks. Okay. So my friend wrote back to the guy in Alabama, and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry. It was my fault. I'm a dingling. I didn't know how to do this. So you know, I'll cover the shipping for both of these things, and sorry for the inconvenience." And according to my friend, the guy in Alabama gave him a little bit of uh, what they call a little bit of the Alabama razzmatazz. Uh huh. Said like. Oh, yeah, well, uh, what's up, big, smart city guy? Can't figure out how to use a zipper. Zippers are complicated. Like, you know, gave him some, gave him some, uh, threw him some shade. Mm-hmm. My my uh, friend was like, well, I'm not going to be friends with this guy anyway. So anyway, let it ride. He says a couple of weeks later, or maybe a month later, the other Yeti bag arrives back at his house with a sign on the thing that says he nobody ever came to the post office box to pick it up. Return to sender. Oh no! So our, our is that called ghosting, John? Well, who knows what it is, but Alabama I think, ghosting. I think Alabama. I think it means Alabama went to jail. Oh no! And hmm. uh, so now my friend has two Yeti bags, <gasps> and he rolls into his uh, beach club. Like Mister Mister Conspicuous Yeti Bag, Mister mm. like parks his Mercedes in right in front of the door. New York City, <laughs> and so he's telling this story, and then I'm looking around the the uh, looking around the country club. There's Yeti bags everywhere because it's within this tiny little subculture of twelve percenters. 
that's the bag (laughs) that you got to have. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I fell into a micro scene. Uh, Did you get a FOMO? Uh, like a like a Ford? Yeah, like a fear of missing out, as the millennials say. Did oh, you feel no. like you should have a bag? Did you feel no. bagless? No, because uh, I don't ever pack things to take anywhere else that I care whether those things are hot or cold later. So it's one thing to have uh, your Filson bag for travel. It's another thing to go to a cookout where you're going to lose it as easy, easy as you lose your flip-flops. Well, that and also like in general, I want my I want everything at room temperature. Oh, right. So if I was going to a barbecue and I was taking a bunch of meat, I think I would assume I was going to get there in time to cook it where it was. It didn't. It wasn't a problem that I just threw the meat into the bottom of a grocery bag. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't and you, care. You don't want a super cold fresca. I don't want a super cold fresca. I don't drink beer, which mm-hmm. is the number one thing that people are like, whoa, you got to keep it cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm if I'm going somewhere, I don't, it's not like I take three Cokes with me that I want to keep. Anyway, I never use a cooler for anything. Hmm. And I, there was a little while on tour where we kept a cooler in the van, which seemed like a, you know, a real like Vander Slicey thing to do. Like, oh, we're really living. That's we a got little, a little bit deluxe. Mm-hmm. A little bit deluxe. Like now we got cold. This isn't your. This isn't whatever. your first day. You you know it's a good idea to have something like this in your van. Exactly. Except when you're on tour, it's so freaking boring that when you when you are thirsty, you pull over because you just want a chance to go into the truck stop and look at all the commemorative spoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even for the five minutes that it takes to like fill up the gas and get a pop. Like, the idea that you're going to put this cooler in there and just, like, you're on a camping trip. I don't know. It's not my... It's, it, we ended up not using it that much. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, the, you know, a cooler is... Ultimately, a cooler, it, it does a, it does something for you, but it also becomes a job. Where, like, you now you've got to keep ice in there. And then, like, mm-hmm. the first time, somebody doesn't feel like putting ice in there, now you just you don't really have a cooler anymore. And then, right. like, I don't know if you've noticed this. Now, I am somebody who who likes a cold beverage. And I'll, if I'm at a hotel, uh, I'll put a ton of ice into the drink. I think there's new. I think they're using new technologies to make ice melt faster. I'm pretty sure. I think a lot of the ice you see nowadays, because it's more easier to manage water, the liquid than a solid. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's the thing with a cooler. A cooler is a job. And if nobody's really well, that into it, there's not going to be anybody who becomes the cooler czar. Well, this is why I. This is why I, I stopped buying records. At some point in the late '80s, because if you're buying records, then you got to maintain a stereo, and if you if you're maintaining a stereo, then you got to maintain an address. And even if you're even if you have a Walkman and are listening to tapes, you got to have batteries. And for that, basically, you might as well have an address if you're buying batteries. Yeah. And so I stopped buying new music. I stopped listening to music on the reg because it it suggested this whole. I mean, you had to have a lifestyle. I had to have a lifestyle that I couldn't maintain. That's a really good point. And it seems like, and then I never regained the habit of buying music because by the time I had gotten all the way back to a place where it's like, now I've got a lifestyle, I was in my, <laughs> I was in my early forties. Right. It was too late to start and were, buying per, music. You were procrastinating now. the creation of music, not consuming it. That's right. It's your job. Uh, and so a cooler feels like the same thing. You got to keep the, you got to have to keep the cooler, cooler. The cooler coolant uh-huh. in the freezer freezing. It's in the freezer freezing to 
be the cool the cooler. Mm-hmm. And then you got to store the cooler somewhere. Once you got stuff, you need a place to put your stuff. Yeah, you just you might as well like. <laughs> Here's the thing: the difference between football and baseball. Uh-huh. We're gonna do all of Carlos and baseball. The goal is to go home. This girl over here. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, every day somebody's born who's, who's never heard George Carlin their whole childhood. Uh, I know, I know. This and- is something our, our late great friend Leslie Harpold used to say this, and I say this uh, every month or so just to make one of the ways I can help keep her memory alive. She says, I hate buying toys for my toys. And this, this gets into the John Roderick problem. This gets into John Roderick's eel problem. Is like this one thing to get stuff, and then it's another thing to get a job for the stuff. Now, now you're taking care of it like a Tamagotchi, right? And like now you need stuff for your stuff. You got to have dongles for your computer. You got to get subscriptions for your computer. You need a case for your computer. Yep. The first time I went to get a case for my phone, I felt like I had really been fucking duped. Oh. Because I walked into the store and I was like, yeah, I need a case for this. And they were like, behold. And and then, you know, there was some wizard smoke. And then I there's... Think, a- I think we might have a couple here. Let's go look. <laughs> a wall of these things. And I'm like, huh, I don't care about any of this. I don't want it to look like a block of wood. I don't want it to have a Pokemon on it. I just want to fucking case for it and they were like here's a nice case mm-hmm. $75 or whatever yeah. it was yeah and i said you're fucking kidding me you're kidding me first of all make the phone so it doesn't need a case but second of all mm. why, don't they, why don't they make the whole plane out of a black box <laughs> am i right am i right <laughs> what's the deal with airplane food uh, and then oh, over <laughs> here you got this guy <laughs> we got no soup <laughs> so Anyway, I do not want a Yeti bag. Hmm. I don't have any use for it. You didn't, make, you didn't I, make an offer on the extra bag? You didn't say, no. hey, here's 20 bucks. Let me take that off your hands? Mm, one, I have too many bags. And two, oh, come on, this is John. a country clap. Well, I, people keep telling me this. People tell but, you that, but don't internalize that. Well, you know, people tell me I have too many, like, uh, like <sighs> drum major jackets. Well, they pe- don't know pe- me. People say a lot of things, John. <laughs> they don't know me. They don't know how many drum major jackets I need. land on a fraction. I will not hear this. Uh, bags are a good thing. I organized many of my bags just this morning, and it was a great feeling. Yeah. I definitely now have a big bag full of little bags. Oh, you know we yeah. got that. That's what I did. I came, was out of town, and I, I took all of my packing cubes, and I nested them. Not n- super nested them. I've, I folded them nicely. Yep. I zipped them up, and I put them all inside of the very large cube, and now they're all in yep. one place. My big problem right now is the 22 pairs of Levi's problem. Hmm. We've discussed it before. Yeah. I But I had the 22 pairs of Levi's zipped in a big bag that was in the back of a closet somewhere. And I pulled the bag out and I was like, what's in this big bag? Unzipped it. Oh, it's the 22 pairs of Levi's. So I pulled them out again <sighs> and I went through them again. There's still 22 pairs of Levi's about I would say about 12 of them are made in the USA. Like, Oh, prop- it's not H.O. in Mexico? No, proper like 19, mid-90s Levi's wow. that I'm sure somebody made you know, it, cares made about. Proudly in the Mission District, one would guess. Yep, yep. Except every single one of them, I have blown out the crotch. The yeah. rest of the pants are fine. It's a gift and a curse. I do the same thing. Yep. Blew first, it first it came for the space pen, and I said nothing. Then they came for the iPhone. I and this is this isn't a thing where it's like oh it's got a rip in the knee this is blown out crotch 
Yeah, my, my, mine is you get, a, you get a blown out crotch of like a half inch to two inches, and then you get like a thread comb over on the edges. Yep. And it's the hardest part of the gene to repair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I learned to use a sewing machine just so I could repair my jeans, but to get in there and repair the crotch is really mm-hmm. hard. That's a, that's a tough place. That's like heart surgery for pants. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'll take it down to the seamstress person. The seamstress person is going to charge you $15 to do a repair or more. So then you're looking at 22 pairs of Levi's. Each one is going to cost you $15 to fix to have now a beat up pair of Levi's. That this that, is that, that here's my algorithm. If it takes me a calculator to figure out how to fix the crotch in 22 pairs of pants, it's too much money. Okay, so yes, but I but I'm but I'm back to the problem of laying out these pants on the bathroom floor. Big and, bathroom. It, and and it seems like value. The thing seems to have value. It's got a valence. The amount, mm-hmm. surely, and also the Americanness, and also these and oh and the hege mm. and a oh, lot the hege of is huge. Right? There's so much hege in that bathroom you can barely get in there. <laughs> You're pushing the door and it's like right. the hege is pushing back. It's full of striations. Mm-hmm. And so it appears to be, it appears to have value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I'm very confused by it. I'm walking around the house. I've got, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a palm on the on my forehead going like, what am I doing? What am I going to do? These things are like, they're dragging me down. Like, ah, I, got, I got an idea. I'm, uh, can I kind of repurpose my tilapia hack for this? Because I, right, I, I think I might have a solution. It's going to sound really obvious, but I'm, I'm going to toss this out. You know, it's kind of the opposite of making rice. Like Dr. Katz says, you're not making uh, grains of rice. You're making a rice. It's the opposite of that. You uh-huh. need to get away from the 22. And here's what you need to do. You need to go into a very large area of your house and without prejudice, lay all of the pants down. And then you need, you need to do like you did with your passport. You need to just listen. Just listen. Because uh-huh. one of those pairs, you're gonna, this is going to take you five minutes to get out of that mindset you're in right now. Uh-huh. Five minutes later, you're going to hear, hey, buddy. One mm-hmm. of those pairs will speak to you, and you will know which uh, crotch to mend. Oh, one one you, pair, one pair. That's all you need. Here's all you say to you say to them all with, with your with your mind bullets. You just say, "Hi, everybody. I know it's been a while. You're mm-hmm. all here. I'm glad we're all here together. Mm-hmm. First of all, I just want to say none of you need to be worried about this, right? Okay. It's an all hands pants, meaning none of you guys need to worry. But here's the thing: I'm just going to stand here for five minutes. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to sit with this, and I want one of you to whisper. With whom do I begin? Uh-huh. And okay. says, hey, buddy. Uh-huh. Don't you think? Well, I bet you one speaks to you. All right. You might be able to do it in your head. Is there one pair that you remember who's he gay you remember creating in the 90s that's really speaking to you? Yeah, all right. Okay. All right, I'll look at. I'll look into this. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, th- does it make sense from a like intellectual standpoint? I think, uh, obviously, emotionally it makes sense, but I, I think it's very rational. Wait for well, your pants to talk. It is very rational, but it is the opposite of make all the bacon. Right? Fix all the Levi's. It's the, the exception is, that proves the pants. I guess so. All right. Okay. <clears throat> I'll give that a try. I mean, I, I have been feeling, I've been feeling like the 22 pairs of Levi's is like a vest of geld, and somebody threw me over the, over the side of the boat, and I, it's like oh, some it's you're like Jamie, some you're Jamie Lannister in heavy armor. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a parable. It's parabolic. Oh, you know or, a parable. You can, see, you can smell a parable coming down the road. I fucking, hate, I fucking hate parables. I hate parables because first I realize that they're there and it makes me mad. And then I realize how appropriate they are and it makes me super yeah, fucking yeah. mad. You realize that you're right in the center of the parable. You you look around, you can't tell who's no. the parable because it's you. No, and the parable just makes this noise. Hmm? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm you're s- like, shit, here I am. I'm sinking in the river because I, I think that my vest of geld is worth more than uh, my own life. Yep. 
It's like a it's like a Bible parable. Oh, it's absolutely. This is like something right out of Luke. Ugh. Well, you're right, but I think uh, I, this is a philosophy uh, program. So, I mean, I think you could you can say yes, make all the noodles. Yes, make all the bacon. Yes, make all the coffee. But I feel like there must be a corollary to that, which is, for example. Let's make this a little bit Talmudic. Forgive my French. You, well, you go to the store. You can't buy every kind of coffee. You got to start somewhere, and you got to say to yourself, "You know what? I'm going to buy this coffee. And if it doesn't work out, I'll try a different one." It doesn't mean I don't shop anymore. It doesn't mean I, I'm not going to drink coffee anymore. <laughs> coffee, I drink. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, but right there, we yeah, there's there's a there's a big difference. I think this is a, this is another problem. This is like another part of the no Yeti bank problem for me. Which is that if I go to the store and buy coffee, it is not with any awareness or intention of, quote, trying this coffee to see if I like it and to maintain an awareness that that's what I'm doing long enough to make it to the store the next time to either buy the same stuff again having tried it and like it or... By a different kind, having tried it and not liked it, because wow, that's super interesting to me. Yeah, every time I go to the store, it is like I've never seen coffee before. Yeah, I buy it based on whatever imaginary criteria are flying through my head at the at, 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 like five minutes before the grocery store closes, which is whenever I'm in there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, let's see, and I do a I do some kind of accounting based on is there one on sale. Does that one seem like it's on sale because it's cheap coffee and I don't want it? Like, it's got to be within the fancy enough for me uh, window, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fancy guy. I've got to—the coffee's got to be fancy you know, The fancy enough. enough for me window is very familiar to me. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I'm not going to just get Seattle's best coffee. I'm well, you've got a rounding thing. algorithm where on the one hand—I mean, this is, this is probably a stupid perception error, but on the one hand, you go, ugh, that's really cheap. There's probably a pretty good chance I won't like that. On the other hand, you go, oh, my God. That's way too much money. I would never pay that. And so that yeah. naturally narrows you to that 80% in between. Sure, the fancy enough window. And then you fall for the thing where it's like, well, this this brand has got like like six feet of shelf space. But over here, there's just two little bags of something called San Francisco Coffee Company. Mm-hmm. Or, or the, uh, you know, like... The Tillamook Valley Coffee Roastery, and you go. That's got to be artisanal mm-hmm. or at least special. Yeah, it's special enough to be a small group. You know, it's not a red can of Folgers, right? Or you know, you're not buying some Illy in a in a silver can just because the can is cute. That can is awesome. Coffee, or because mm. because that's what you drank in Europe, and you're and you're like, not my Paris. Wait a minute, not my Paris. Mm. You're like you're, you're thinking to yourself, I'm somebody. I'm somebody special that's got fancy coffee in my, you know, European coffee. I don't even know if it's I fancy. Put, I would put Illy, as far as, like, how much I enjoy drinking it, it's fine. I would put it along the lines of fancy enough hotel room coffee yep. maker coffee. It's fine. Yep. It's fine. I've, I mean, in Europe, I feel like I've I've had Illy coffee out of a vending machine. Like, I don't think it's fancy. It's just got a great can. But so I go into the grocery store each time like a newborn babe. And hmm. I couldn't tell you the coffee that's on the counter in my kitchen that I where I just left the house five minutes ago. That is fascinating to me. 
so I make no no decision ever based on like Zatarains. Mm-hmm. I know I like, and I don't need to go and look at all the boxed rice dinners because I did find a thing where it's like that's great. I'm going to buy that. Zatarains is an unusual example of it's it's definitely certainly in the fancy enough window, but like mm-hmm. it's also that like I've had other brands of that and they're not as good as this. And if you can You're eyeball about- that and just put it in the cart, boom. Talking about rice aroni? Oh, you know, I used to. I That's used to like San hamburger. Francisco treat. It is. It is. I used to like hamburger helper sometimes. Uh, that yeah. that could that can be good, but uh, my contra concern here, and this just shows you how broken inside I am, is like I just worry about missing. Okay, so here's what I hate. What I hate is when I get something and I bring it home and I go, oh crap. You know, oh, because of the way this branding and packaging works, I mistook this for something else. Uh-huh. So, so classic example, fat-free half and half. No, no. Why is that even in a store? And why it does it look be... so much like regular half? It's like making a toy. Yeah. It's like having a toy gun right next to a real gun and going help yourself. Yeah, it's yep, yep, it's yep. it's so bad. And so, I, but I, you know, and I've learned my lesson. I've learned to like. Here's the thing. Stop and look at it, because here's what would happen. What if I do that twice in a row? What if I actually go to the store, I accidentally buy fat-free half and half, I bring it home, I go, eh, I go back to the store, I pick up some half, oh, guess what? I just bought fat-free half and half again because I wasn't paying <laughs> oh attention. God. That's that's oh the God. thing going through my head, is like, what if I keep accidentally buying like right. the wrong thing, and there's too much latency between the purchase and the attempted consumption Ooh, for me to I put the links saying. together. No, that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. I'm admiring you. I'm admiring you at this point. You care so much about the things in your home, your 22 pairs of Levi's. You could walk into a store with Zen, Zen mind, beginner's mind. Just give me some coffee. Every time. And I do it with bread, too. I walk in. You know, there's 8,000 <sighs> kinds of bread. <clears throat> and every time, I swear to you, every time I stand there and I say... Well, 22 seed bread has 22 seeds. That's, mm. you know, that's like 13 more seeds than 9 that's a, seed a bread. seed for every pair of Levi's. But wait a minute, what if the what if 22 is too many kinds of seeds and what you really just want are the basic 9 seeds? And what's this, you know, squirrely bread? I feel like I've had that before. If you think and about this- it, if you stand there and do that and you actually think about it for more than about 90 seconds. In my case, I feel absolutely insane and all <laughs> I, it all looks the same and different, and I feel like I'm tripping. But I and I what, do these feel are like the I'm potato tripping. hot dog buns, and this is ballpark hot dog buns, but they're potato buns. And but, but no, wait a minute. Why'd you put the potato hamburger buns next to the? What taxonomy is happening here? Why is there 22 seeds in this bread? Well, and I feel like each time that I do this, and then I arrest that tendency, I'm at the top of the log ride at Disneyland, mm-hmm. and I'm about to get on and go mm-hmm. down the log ride, and then I say, you know what? Pick one. And then I reach, and I pick one of the numbers of seeds, mm-hmm. or one of the numbers of other components in a in a thing, nuts, nuts and seeds. <laughs> nuts. I, <laughs> I uh, I just go okay go and I so I feel like I have conquered it's something. It's like you're jumping off the high board. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like don't think just, about it. Uh, uh. So I go get in my cart. <laughs> because and I think part of it is that every time I do that calculation, I do feel like if I go in by rote and pick the thing that I always get, mm-hmm. then I'm also. I'm potentially making a grave error in missing missing the missing something in the variety and so I make that 
you know, I, 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 I do that calculation each time. Right. And I'm and I feel somewhat confident that I got the most suitable thing at that moment for me in this but in this moment. But John, you're a traveler. You're a seeker. Yeah. I mean you still you're you're traveling in a grocery store. You're walking yep. through Europe, except it's a it's a safe way. Well, so we go to the same Mexican restaurant uh, for a family dinner periodically, and everybody at the table gets the same thing over uh-huh. over over. Right, the the three ladies get shrimp tostadas, a thing I, I'm like, okay, man, shrimp tostada. I don't even know what the I don't even, I honestly don't know what that is. Uh-huh. I've gotten one because this is my thing at the <clears throat> Mexican restaurant, El Farol. Mm. I go in, and the waiter knows us. He's he's a good he's a good man, good friend. And he knows that he's going to get out three shrimp tostadas, one cheese enchilada, or (laughs) bean and cheese burrito. Uh, Quesadilla with no cheese for the child, please. And, oh, and she's adamant, like, no rice, double beans. I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, you take it it as it comes. But then he knows that (laughs) I'm going to pick a different thing off the menu. Does she get get, uh, the the pot beans or or, uh, refried? What does she get? She wants whatever beans you got. Could be, she could be black bean? She doesn't mind a black bean? Doesn't mind it, likes it. She does not want any kind of rice, no matter what. Interesting. And I'm like, it's just, and I, you know, how do you not like rice? Yeah. But then I'm the guy that doesn't like potatoes. Potatoes. Don't, don't even put them on my plate. Don't put them on she the does, table. She doesn't want potatoes either. God bless her. But she's just extended that all but the yeah, way Yeah, potato doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Uh, well, they have the potato tree. That's another place that you have to watch. I love that book. Just keeps giving and giving. <laughs> and, then, and then with what was left, they made cottage fries. <laughs> and finally, I have a cottage fry to sit on. Spoilers for the potato tree. Yeah, that's where the wild things are. <laughs> but what- you, when you go to a restaurant, John Roderick, it seems to me you do go out of your way to, to the extent possible, unless it's part of the tradition of the place. Like when we would go right. to the dim sum place, RIP, we would always get the same thing because that was part of our, our thing that we did. But yep. you, you, when you go to the same restaurant, you get, you deliberately, you search through your mind. You want something different every time. And I will get things that I don't, that I am almost certain I don't like, mm. right? Like, I'm not a big fan of a mole sauce. Let's just be honest. Uh, you know, I've been to Oaxaca. I've had the mole. I've been to where the mole comes out of the ground in springs. Is that right? And, mole and springs. I, yeah, and I had the mole springs, the mm-hmm. famous mole springs of Oaxaca, Oaxaca, Oaxaca. Hi. But I do not want it Mm-mm, because, leave it. To, you know, don't get your chocolate in my peanut butter. You know I don't I, understand the whole mole phenomenon. So I don't want that, but Mole's I'll like the it. wine of Mexican food. It's like something you get to be real pissy about because you know stuff, and you go way beyond the fancy enough window. Fuck that. Fuck that. Is that right? Do you know people that are fancy about mole? People are fancy about everything, John. It's yeah. it's they know they know they can capitalize on how little somebody cares about something obscure that they can become an expert about, and they go, well, actually, the yes. cacao, the cacao is found in the shade of the potato tree. Shut yeah, up. I mean, yesterday I went to a beach that was behind a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so tell I'm me who this is when we're off air. I got. I got to know. Is this anybody I know? <laughs> well, so I have a. I have a good pal. It is somebody you know. Okay. I have a good pal who's in the. He's in the business. Let's call. Mm. Let's say he's in. He's in the business. Is this where, the guy whose house I insulted. It's not him, is it? No, 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 no. Had no. some drinks that night. No, that is that was one hundred and twenty percent justified. That's when you. That's when you spit on the streetcar and uh, and Ben took us to meet MC Hammer, wasn't it? I took I spit, I spit on a streetcar and I tweeted about it and then the San Francisco <laughs> streetcar <laughs> Twitter account was like stop it and I felt so bad right and and uh, and that Twitter account and I still communicate with each other or at least did before I got off I'm Twitter. glad you worked things out okay so yeah. it's somebody who's in the business who has a beach behind a door 
And but this to, is not our business. This is not. He's not in my not the business. business of show. No, he's not in your business. He is in a business. Oh, and it's a kind of business that mm. is show business adjacent. Mm. Let's let's call it this. It's a creative business. It's the home of a creative. So this friend of mine is a creative, and he is a creative in the sense, in in a way in which there are instances where he would actually describe himself as a creative in a room where he would never break character, and and everybody in there would nod because uh-huh. yes, we that's how we talk. But he also could be in a place with me and know not to say not to use the word creative that way. Mm. But he's not one of those people that's living a double life. He is himself everywhere he goes. He's himself everywhere that he goes. He's himself everywhere he goes. He's Mm. not a guy that's like sometimes uses the word creative, and then when he's with his friends, he rolls his eyes at the word creative. So he's not in artist management. No, he's not a faker. Mm -hmm. It's just that he understands. He's smart enough to know when Mm. you're with a group of uh, people that don't talk that way. You don't talk that way. Right. That's smart. You know, that's good for most careers, and and not all of us take up that mantle. That's a good way to roll. For sure, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't open the kimono in a room where nobody's wearing a kimono. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you if the room is full of kimonos, that's a very awkward thing to ask of people. Sure, don't do that either. But if right. you're in a room and there's a there and you're talking to some VC people and mm-hmm. it's a, and you it's do, a you scene. want to do a deep dive or a drill down? Yeah, it's a scene mm-hmm. from the movie uh, Facebook dot uh, org. Fa- fa- Facebook dot io. That's a very good movie. Yeah, right. David that's web, uh, David Filcher. Mm-hmm. That's Web two point oh. Mm-hmm. But uh, what uh, what we have here is a fair failure to communicate. Mm-hmm. Any man doesn't put a spoon back. Um. <laughs> so anyway, so he is a member. This uh-huh. is the thing. He's in business. Okay. He's in a business. He's a creative, and he feels like because of his position as a as a member of the creative class, who is also a member of the business class, that he needs to be a member. Of a lot of things. Because uh, because networking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, hey, we got to have a meeting with this. And he's like, oh, well, why don't we go to X thing that I am a member of? Mm-hmm. And then the person who's doing business with them is like, mm-hmm. This guy's a, hot, this guy's a roller. This guy's a player. Oh, they, they, this, this person speaks my language. Sure. This is this world that I'm always talking about sort of uh, having a toe in. You learn this from your father. You learn from your dad, you're a member. You're mm-hmm. a member of this, you're a member of that. That's how, when it's time to uh, make a deal, make a plan, it's like, oh, are you a member? Oh, I'm a member. You stay, oh, you get a member well, long enough, and pretty soon uh, generals are doing a dance about you in drag. That's right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and actually, frankly, now, Merlin, yes. I've had admirals do a dance about me. So, you had, uh, Oh, we. you know what? We should circle back to that. I want to hear how all that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. I hope we didn't do anything to damage the, the relationship of last year's host, because I was very sad. It was like within days of us talking about that nice couple, they announced they weren't going to be together anymore. Uh, I can name names, but the, the people who had, the people who were the king last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People who were the king last year are not They've, a couple uh, anymore? Mm, not a couple anymore. Hmm. I, hope, right. I hope we didn't do that. Oh. Okay. okay, so, so anyway. So, so yeah, you've had so, Admiral's Dance for you, and this is a person who's industry adjacent, who knows when to use creative kimonos and knows when right. to not. Yep. And who has the uh, social lubricancy to know mm-hmm. which kind of places to take people when deals are to be cut and lines uh, that are dotted need to be signed. That's right. And he has leaned in, right? Mm, lean in. But, 
but he also knows that's how that, to that's that Sheryl Crow book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, who who hid my cheese. That's right. Right, Alex, he knows car wash on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. He knows how to hide the cheese. He mm-hmm. knows where he hid the if cheese. You got to move knows... it. You got to remember where you put it when you moved it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he, he knows whose cheese he's moving. That's the book I want to write. I move your cheese. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. You want to know where your cheese is? Yeah. You talk to me. B. I'm not telling you where your cheese is. A. I fucking moved it. <laughs> so he's a member, and he has. He said he's confided in me. He's like, you know, this uh, all this membership. It's uh, it's it's fucking breaking the bank. I don't want to be members of all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's expensive. That's to be why members. they charge a lot. But it's uh, but it's a business expense because I because uh, pretty much you got to be members of these mm-hmm. things because if somebody hires Beyonce to play his daughter's sixteenth birthday party, yeah. am I going to not be a member of that Mm-mm. or am I going to be a member of it? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to be a member. Yes. So she, anyway, she's, she's in, very talented. She is, and it's very expensive to hire her to do things. Oh, also on this on that topic, just very briefly, yeah. Uh, on the uh, on the. A program I do with Dan Benjamin. Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm not like some people. Well, but I have a, one other one. Yeah, with your good friend Dan Benjamin. You do a show called Roadwork, which you can find at five by five TV. That's right. And Dan is a, a guy that you introduced me to. Yes. Uh, I said on that program that you know I don't like playing shows, right? Uh, very much. But if somebody wants to pay me to play a show, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say no. Right? You're not, you're not made of stone. Right, and Dan says, "Oh, uh, what does that mean?" And I said, "Well, uh, like that sh- that birthday party I played for the Starbucks guy. The only reason I played the Starbucks guy's birthday party. I mean, he convinced me that he was that the Long Winners were his favorite band. Mm-hmm. But he, but he also he said, I want you to play my birthday party.' And I said, "That's not a thing that I will ever do." And he said, uh, "Well, how much would it cost to have you do it?" And I so then uh, you're familiar with this concept. I sure the am. Fuck, I'm already familiar with this concept. Right, the fuck you money. Fuck you, you see, money. You, right. Mm-hmm. You say, well, pay me fuck you money. And it's, he, it's, an, it's an event event you don't want to do for people you're not necessarily that attached to. You're pretty sure it'll go badly. It might be disruptive. If it's, it's any of those things, boop, 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 the red flags are flying everywhere on the field. And you yeah. go, ah, just add a zero to that. Well, and the thing, is, the thing about you is I remember when you started introducing the concept of fuck you money and people started paying it to you. And then you were like, you know what? I'm going to charge even more fuck you money because I don't want to do these things. And people paid you that. Well, I mean, and, well, but it started at a pretty small level. But yeah, but pretty you got to up to some fuck you money. And then I then I was there. I remember the day when you were like, there is no amount of fuck you money. <laughs> there, if you could buy me a boat and I still won't do this because uh, because so that, that's a whole show. But you, you got to know you got to know when I say what you're worth. I don't I mean, partly. Yeah, I mean, with the market. And yeah, I partly mean like what's what's fair to everybody. But it's also right. like. The 10,000 things you will not be doing when you're doing that thing, and the maybe 50,000 things you're not doing in the run up to that because they can't pay a deposit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so anyway, immediately after that show airs, I get an email from, uh, from a nice gal, mm-hmm. and she says, uh, I want you to play my, uh, I, I, we heard your podcast. I want you to play my husband's, I want you to play for my boyfriend, I guess she said. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> And I wrote her back and I said, listen, you sound like a nice lady, yeah. but I don't think you were, re- I don't think you heard what I was saying. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to play for your husband or your boyfriend because there's just, it's just, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't, seriously, Mm-mm. thank you for writing. Mm-hmm. And she wrote back very calm and cool. And she was like, but seriously, like how much, how much? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote her back and I said, look, here's the thing. Plumbers make bids 
musicians consider offers. Oh, I see. So I'm not going to bid on this thing that you oh. want, like I, because I'm not, you know, you, know, you, just, gonna, you just you just moved your cheese. I just moved the cheese a little bit. <laughs> Move the cheese. Because what you don't want to do is say uh, $200 to somebody who was thinking $20,000, right? Because then they're going to go, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, bring, bring your money bags. Let's start. You but, go first. You know, if you say $20,000 to somebody that was thinking $200, mm-hmm. you know. That's how, that's how they get you. Yeah, they're out on now. They're on Live Journal writing a writing a blog about your uh, about your writer. Mm. Um, anyway, so I said, you know, make a bid. So she comes back, nice gal, makes a bid, and I was like, huh, hmm. that's in the ballpark. Okay, it, did, it, so it didn't said, immediately turn you off or make you go. <laughs> no, it was it was no. in the it was in the ballpark. So I wrote her back and said, you know, throw like a three five pound bag of M and M's, and uh, and your engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we got a deal, and she was like, "Done, huh. just like one word, done." Mm. Can I have her number? And so, it was for the next day or two days later. So I got in my car and I drove several hours to this place, and I show up and I walk into this house, and none of the people knew I was coming except for her. Well, wait a minute. It was a situation where there were about uh, ten or eleven people there. That's and it. There, like seven guys and four women. And I think, if I'm correct, all the women knew that this was happening. Oh, what a nice present. Yeah, That's a and nice none present. Of and they were longtime fans. And I sat down in the living room, and there were like two uh, grown-up men that were in your and my age range. Is this going to turn into a key party? And then two, then like three of their sons, who were between 19 and, you know, 30 or something. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew everything, right? They all knew all the songs. They all knew all the podcasts. Oh, what a dream. And I sat down and I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And they were, and you know, and the wives were teasing them. The wives were like, they're freaking out right now that you can't tell, but they're freaking out. And the guys were, did not appear to be freaking out. They Shut were up. Just, yeah, they were like, but there wasn't even that like, honey, knock it off. They were just like, they, everybody seemed normal, super normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like super great. I sat down and I was like, all right, what do you want me to play? And between them, they each pitched a few songs, all of the songs totally great, like totally unexpected choices. And each time I was like, all right, well, that was great. Now, what about the next song? Somebody came up with another and they weren't trying to be obscure. They were naming their favorite songs. And it just so happened that it was a completely great, weird set list that I never would have otherwise played. A couple of them I had to remember how to play as I was playing them. <laughs> played played the, the set, and then uh, the, you know, like, chief gal in charge was like, all right, well, that's great. Now we got to go because we're meeting some other people because there's a wedding this weekend. And So it wasn't, it wasn't secretly a hangout opportunity? Well, and so... Not, then, not that that's I, bad. Not that that's bad. But she was like, she was like, that was great, done and done. And I said, and they were like going to dinner at some food truck corral or something. And I said, hey, you know what? I'll join you guys for dinner. Uh, because <laughs> they said, we're good. <laughs> no, no. And they were like, fine. And it's not like we all, I mean, we went to a food truck corral and each got our own food and then sat together and ate off paper plates. But, but, and I brought, you know, I brought some gifts. I brought, uh, I brought her boyfriend a couple of candlesticks. Oh, I could see you being so good at this. So good at this. And, and then I was back in my car and I was back home by midnight. And I was like, oh, 
that works. There just is a, you know, like all I had to do was say that I would do it. And then somebody basically understood that that was a dare uh, and said, all right, sure. You know, like this would be worth it for me to have you do this as a gift to the people that I love and did it. Just she she was just nonplussed. Mm. I mean, I I basically wrote her a couple of times and was like, lady, like, go away. And uh-huh. she was like, no, not going to go away. Tell me what you tell me. And I was like, oh, fine. And then by the end, we were like, eh, fine, both of us. And it was uh, super fun. It actually ended up being very fun. It was nice to meet these people. I enjoyed their choices. I brought them some candlesticks. Wow. And, so if uh, you can get two of those a week, buddy. Right? That'd be nice. Two of those a week. That's all you need. Well, shit, two of them a month, I'd be happy. Mm. Um, so anyway, that was a very, I mean, a little bit of a digression, but Not a real, all. Eye, real eye opener for me about like, right, right, right. There is a there is a place out in space, an X point, where somebody says, because there are a lot of people, even people listening to this program right now, who are like, maybe he'll come play my birthday party for two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and I will not. Mm-hmm. And it's not a thing where uh, only rich people get good things, because you can get a Yeti bag for free from a guy in Alabama if you just play your cards right. Well, this is where we come to Hodgman's corollary, which I don't totally buy into, but I respect for John Hodgman. Hodgman's corollary is that uh, the corollary to uh, it never hurts to ask. As you know, what what is a Hodgman's corollary? Oh, uh, it does definitely it hurt to ask. It always hurts to ask. Because <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that good-hearted, just a good-hearted American citizen who says, hey, I'll give you $200. Man, that's more money than I would ever get for something like this. So guess what? Now you're not getting paid. You're spending that time. And guess what? Now you're the asshole. Yep. Yeah, well, I always tell the story about the time that I had saved up $500 to give you for building the Long Winters website. And... Uh, and I was like, sta- I was like, basically standing there with it in an envelope behind my back, like I'm gonna blow Merlin's mind and give him five hundred dollars. <laughs> and and I said, you know, Merlin, I've been meaning to talk to you about the website. And you said, let me stop you right there. Um, I built that website because I love you and I love your band. And if you are about to, let's say, for instance, <laughs> hand me an envelope with like, let's say, for instance, five hundred dollars in it, it would just be hard for me and you both. <laughs> I will so not discharge. I will not discharge this debt. So let me just say, in this instance, that let, uh, let me just dissuade you if that is even what you're about to start talking about. And I, got I, two, like, I got two prices, buddy: free, and you can't afford it. <laughs> That's right. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. Well, uh, and I, you know, this envelope with five hundred dollars, and it just went into the went into the little. What an asshole! Box. God, I was okay. so arrogant. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, it was it was very instructive. Okay, you were like, all right. look, the work I did for you is between twenty five and fifty thousand dollars worth of work, and I would never ask you to pay for it. But also, yeah, well, we, we've been talking about this since the um, our, our first public uh, broadcast together on my old video show. That in many ways, our, our our businesses, such as they are, are very similar. And one of the ways in which they're similar is that nobody wants to pay you, uh, a because b it all seems really easy and fun. Right? Like, yeah. oh, you, yeah. you love playing your music. You get to travel. Yeah. You get to meet people. You get to craft services. And, you know, <clears throat> that's that used to be a real struggle for me. And so when I would throw that particular shape, that is on the basis of the preceding 15 years of going, sure, 
I'm just glad you love me. $50 should be more than enough. And <laughs> right. then what the thing is, if you do that, gosh, guess what a nice guy. What a nice guy. He, he made the site for this mall for $50. What a nice guy. <laughs> the thing is now, I mean, you have turned your life into a living hell. How many people, how many clients like that can you afford to have before you just simply don't have a life anymore? Well, and, my, and the, the realization I had somewhere along the line, which was when people said, oh, all we can afford is this. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And then you write that's back. The, as they say, that's, that's the red line. This is we have red this line. much this money. Is, there's not yeah. a nickel more. Not a nickel more. And you write back and say, the, the, the smallest amount I can do it for is twice what you're offering. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I think we can make it work. And you yeah. go, oh, I see. Everyone's a liar. Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't know that before. I mean, I should have, right? I'm you think not that's a why the Posies wrote that song? You think <laughs> Everyone's a liar. Everybody's a fucking liar. Because <laughs> they were sick of getting shortchanged. Yeah, they were like, shit, are you kidding me? All this time, there was twice as much money lying uh, around? Let me go ask my manager. Uh, Bastards. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, so... I'm not above saying to somebody, um, would you leave your job and wife and daughter to fly a Cross the country for three days for this amount. And they go, well, of course I would. I say, well, then that's not smart. Because if you really thought about that, that's not such a good deal. Yeah, that's right. less than you'd make in a day of your work at your job. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. Now I'm now I'm trying to figure out, like, yeah, if there's, uh, you know, I'm basically you, need, you know what saying, you need, buddy. You need the, I'll do the, these. They're not a sponsor this week, but you need a Squarespace one page website. John's Bespoke Entertainment Services. Mm. And don't don't overdo it. You should probably have a kid, maybe an intern, who monitors this for you. And you just say, make me an offer. Here's what I'll do. I'll come and hang out. I'll play some songs. You, you know what I'll do. I'm John Roderick. I'm John fucking well, Roderick. Yeah, but see, here's the thing, right? I mean, I have a relationship with a booking agent. I don't want to formalize this process uh, because, yeah, because right. at a certain point, he's going to say, mm-hmm. are you playing house shows? House shows? What are you, Dave Bazan? Not a thing I do. I nope. do not play house shows. Here's the thing. Boy, here's if you do it with Dave, wouldn't that be fun? Oh, my goodness. Well, what it be is it would be we would be splitting an amount of money that's already too small. <laughs> but Ouch. but the thing is, I don't play house shows. I did not. I would never come down to a town to play a show for your boyfriend. No, I wouldn't do it. It's oh, not a thing I, I would see. do. Right? In rare instances, I will do it. But it's a, the rare instance. It's not a thing that I'm like, hey, uh, I'm putting out my shingle. I'm open for business. I hear you. No, I'm. Right? You know what? I, I withdraw the suggestion. You're absolutely yeah. right. Sorry, Squarespace. No, 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 it's all right. I'll have Squarespace for do something else because yeah. I got a because right now I've got a I've got a lot of assistants. Um, I've got a lot of assistants that are queuing up. What? Some great some <laughs> great great assistants. Ah, huh. Uh, uh, because I put the call out for assistance again. Oh no, John! And are we going through this it was again? A bad deal. Oh, I don't. Just I feel like don't have anybody move. I got th- I got twenty two pairs of Levi's. Are they local? The Levi's? Yeah, they're in the bathroom floor. Okay. What What about the potential assistance? Is it well, going to no. be Is it going to be somebody in Wales? Most of them are in in other places. But oh there's my one, there's god! One, there's one person that's in Seattle. I'm like your personal Cassandra. I cut out all the parts where I warn you about things, John. I cut it all out. I cut it all out. I, I, you know, you know the supercut I could make of. Oh, are you really sure you want to do that? If that goes perfectly, that'll make you happy. Are you sure? <laughs> you cut all those out, huh? Oh, buddy, I cut all of those out. <laughs> well, are you sure I've been about thinking. This? I've been thinking. No. <laughs> This is the thing. This is the one that's going to revolutionize gonna, my life. This is going to be it. 
I'm going to have an assistant come over. They're going to say, let me take care of these jeans for you, boss. And then they're going to come back all perfectly repaired. Oh, my and God. And I'm going to go, how did it happen? How did you do it? And they're going to say, they're going to, they're going to like, winkle their nose like a little, little I dream of genie. Yeah. And I'm going to go, what the, wow, I got the best assistant ever. Oh, you know, you know what it definitely won't be. What it definitely won't be is somebody who's not making enough money to really put their back into it, who kind of half-asses it, and then doesn't doesn't really do it right. And you got to do it yourself again. That won't happen. No, no, you got an extensive training program. You'll set up some desks, have people come in, right? Well, so I did do that. That didn't work. But what's nice Mm -hmm. about so far, everybody that has replied seems like a very professional person with a lot of talents and skills. Have you looked at their Facebook pages? Well, yeah, mostly, and okay. they all seem like they're all legit. They're just Do they complain like, about their old jobs. Look, look for complaints about old jobs. I feel like it's a situation where they're like, "Look, I can build this website for you for fifty thousand dollars or for free. Which one do you want?" Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Are you I going don't with know. free? I haven't gone. I haven't gone deeper with anybody yet. I've gotten the emails. I've written them be- back. I think mostly I wrote everybody back, and said, "Wow, amazing! You seem amazing because they all did." <gasps> you need a Dick Cheney. You need somebody to be the assistant who helps you pick out who your assistant should be. Well, this is the problem. The last time that happened, she yeah. picked out herself, oh, and then hired she did, herself. She an did assistant. a full Cheney. Yeah, she did a Isn't full Cheney. Isn't that what Cheney. happened? Am I, yeah. am I quoting that correctly? Yeah, he, he said the best candidate for <laughs> vice president is me. <laughs> And and uh, and uh, and, uh, and then he was the vice president, and then he like, they started sixty wars. Had his man-sized vault in his office. Yeah, incredible, yeah. right? Incredible. Um, That's still incredible. That's still an incredible story to me. That the, the entire Bush administration existed. It's still. Um, a- uh, okay, now here's the question for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, does are there any principles? To be gleaned from the fancy enough window that you could apply to the way that you uh, abduct a a, a new uh, intern. Hmm. Is there a fancy enough window through which these people should pass? Well, that's the thing. Like one time I was reading back over some resumes that I received the last time I did this. Mm -hmm. And a couple of them were like, I am a professional office manager who uh, used to work for NASA I'm the person that's responsible for uh, the life support systems of the astronauts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I heard that you're looking for an assistant. And it's like, <laughs> You left Whoa. because why? And you want to work here? Why? That's <laughs> Well, but it's just, you know, that's the thing about our podcast. It goes out yes. into the world. We can't just, we can't. I guess we, it does. I don't, I don't know. hear much about it. I, I hear occasionally. Yeah, I don't, I can't even follow it anymore. Sometimes twice a year I hear that somebody I didn't know listens to it. That makes it's me happy. Yeah, I guess, it's out there. I guess. Do you think so? Do you think it's out there? It's out there. Do you meet people because, who listen to the program? Uh, people listen to the program, and then they then they are, but they're the, they're in their own place, right? They're sitting mm. there under their potato tree, <laughs> and they're saying, "I'm just doing my thing, right? <laughs> I'm just, you know, right. I'm just like riding in the back of my limo." John and Merlin live out yeah. in, in in space somewhere, and uh, oh, so the other day I'm uh, I'm I'm sitting here. I get a text message from my sister's uh, good friend Kenna. Kenna says, I'm in Australia. I was doing a podcast with some people. Turns out they're Roderick on the Line fans. Shut your mouth. And they want to say hello. So then she Are sends me Are they in any a, position to help us get a phony award? Here's the thing. So they send me a video, and it's three very nice people in Australia with those delightful, delightful Australian accents. Top-notch, high-quality accent. Right? They're just like little koala bears. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, 
They say, I, I, John. Yeah, they say, like, put a shrimp on a Barbie or whatever. I didn't understand. <laughs> oh, 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 spiders are deadly. <laughs> now that's a knife. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I hate this so much. Oh, my God. These are people who've lived lives and we have oh, exactly four bullets on them. They have an entire uh, culture. Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, All the so they say they they are having a little they're having a little moment with each other because I think they probably are thinking, oh right, this woman's from Seattle. We said just hilariously like, oh, do you know John Roderick? She says, as a matter of fact, I do. And then she points her camera at us, and so they're like, hi, you know, what's up, John? We're big fans. And she says, what would you say to John if he could say anything? And one of them says, well, I'd like to know if any of those stories are true. Immediately oh, infuriated. That makes me. you so angry, John. Mad. Oh, so then they're like la da 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 da. And at one point they say about the woman that's a member of their uh, little triumvirate. They say like, oh, she has a nickname for you, which is that you're her Tuesday husband, hmm. because if she was ever going to have a, uh, if she was ever going to have an affair on her actual husband, it would be with you. What a lovely compliment. Day. That's such a nice okay. note. Wow, Tuesday husband. I feel like that's part of Australian culture. That's a thing that they might say down there. Tuesday they husband. said it with such ease that I was like, Tuesday husband? Is that an Australian coinage? That's good. Oh, who's your Tuesday husband? <laughs> and it's me in this case. So I immediately make a little video myself, which I would absolutely never do. Uh huh. It's not a thing I do or would ever do, but I did in this instance because I was mad. And I said, <laughs> are my stories true? Are my stories true? This is the thing that you dare to say to me, you dingalings? Mm. Are my stories true? My stories are even truer than I tell. I don't tell the real true story because Merlin doesn't want to hear it. He no, doesn't want to hear the. No, I understand. You're like Milton Berle. You just take out enough to beat him. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like, if I told you this whole story... You know what? It would be uh, some kind of Lord of the Rings situation. You'd be engulfed in flames if I told you the truth. Yeah, you'd be engulfed in flames. Everybody else would, too. I'd be in jail if I told you the whole story. You'd never sleep again. So I send this thing to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then another thing I said in my thing was, listen, jerks, you're down there in Australia. Why have you not done it? You're a, you're, you are you are podcasters in Australia. Why have you not brought us to Australia? There's this only is there's only problem. one country that is officially sanctioned to give away the fake the fake podcast award called the phony, and that is yep. Australia. Yep, that's right. And so then they send another video back, and oh uh, they're like, and I didn't even say about I didn't even talk about the phony awards. I said if you listen to Roderick on the line, you know your job. You mm -hmm. already know your job, yeah, and you're not job. doing. Mm -hmm. You're failing. And so they write back and they're like, oh, well, we'll invite you down to the Headphony Awards. And I, now I'm just steaming mad <sighs> because they're now they're having fun with they're it. They're throwing that in your face. When they should have been working this whole time. So that's, again, another thing I would never do. Mm -hmm. But I guess. Do you have any idea recently, how far away that is? I'm doing it now. Oh, uh, so far I, away. I do have a sense of how far 15, away it is. Which, just from SF to, in this case, New Zealand, 15-hour flight. Yeah. That's too much flight. Well, so... With a four-year-old. So it's baked in. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Do either of us have a four-year-old? What the time? Oh, I see. Right. Do uh, So baked into the Headphone Awards is comfortable travel to there. Right? Oh, it's I just, think that's that's right on the tin. Right it's, on the bar, bare, it's right on the Barbie. Yeah, bare minimum. You're not going to put us back in steerage. They, when, they, when, they, when those nice people from New Zealand... Uh, Flew me out for that talk where I cried. They put us in like the uh, like a like a business classy thing, and it was amazing. I see you do you got that's a, that's that's just a bare minimum. But everybody should. And know you know that what? Already. That was that was the, I negotiated that. 
my friend it's John Gruber thing. and his family were back in coach, and I felt really bad. But but uh, but no, I mean, you kidding me? We're bringing the family. Bring the family. You've had this. Well, bring your guitar. Oh, John, John, yeah. you love your guitar and your family. Bring your guitar and your family. Just come on over. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. <clears throat> but there is a way to do it. There okay. is a right way to do it. It's not like this is what I'm learning. It's not like no hard no. It's Mm-mm. like sure, yes, but no to the thing that you're thinking. Mm. Yes to the yes to the thing that I would I'm say it's thinking. like a silly putty. No, we're like if you if you're like a fresh silly putty, you take it out of the egg, you push on a silly putty, it will yield, but it's going to take you a while. That, that putty's not warm yet. Our, you have not warmed our putty yet. All you've done yeah. at this point is introduce the egg. Yeah, you want the putty to yield before it's warm, Mm-mm. and that's not how that's putty not how putty works. <laughs> <laughs> Do 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 do